Welcome to You Gotta Have Faith. What is faith? In Hebrews 11th chapter, first verse, the Apostle Paul writes, Faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. One playwright writes, believing you see white when your eyes tell you black. It's a belief where no one else believes. Dr. King says if you don't believe in something, you'll fall for anything. This is a podcast about faith. This is a Christian podcast where we share our faith and belief in God and also in mankind, the goodness and kindness in mankind. In today's world, we see lots of ugliness based on racism, misogyny, and age-old grudges. But there is goodness in all of us. There is goodness in this world. But it begins with our belief. you got to have faith. It's been a long time, but we're back. <laughs> we're back. Thank you. Uh, this is Reg Clay over there. Yeah. My, my good friend. <laughs> yeah, and uh, yeah, Ron, it's and Reg Clay and Craig Dickerson, and uh, we're here. Hello, it's, hello. Uh, Good morning. It's, yeah, it's August the 3rd, and um, you've been busy, and I've been busy. I uh, just finished doing the show, and uh, you've been busy at your day job. Yeah. Uh, but we're here, and uh, we want to thank everyone for uh, sticking uh, through with us. And also, we'll be out next week because I'll be busy on another project, mm-hmm. another theater project. But um, just can't stop you. <laughs> <laughs> it was good to be busy. Yes, indeed, indeed. So today, we're going to talk a little bit about uh, just, um, I don't know, just decency and uh, caring for one another. Uh, there's been lots of troubling things uh, we've had. Uh, what's been on my mind this week is Trump's tweets and the reaction to those tweets. Yeah. And there was an article that I read in the New Yorker about just yelling and uh, what, what it, what some people think is powerful. Um, um, basically, the article is about yelling, and I'll, and I'll post that in the, the Faith podcast uh, when we when you see the clip. Mm-hmm. And uh, Craig has a, a Bible verse he wants to share, and I have a Bible verse I want to share. But first, let's engage in prayer. All right. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for waking us up this wonderful Saturday morning. We thank you, we love you, and we praise your name. And we thank you for giving us the spirit to praise your name. Sometimes we go through ups and downs, uh, but we use you as a foundation to strengthen us, to let us know how special we are and how much you love us and how much you want us to be the best that we can possibly be. We ask that everyone who um, who receives uh, this podcast, who listens to us, will be uplifted, will learn something, and uh, will engage in conversation either with others or within themselves about their faith and their walk in life. And we ask that everything that we say, everything that we do, everything that we are is blessed by the love of you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Well, I... I we get right to the sure. nitty gritty. What I'd like to share, and mm-hmm. if everybody, you know, is familiar with uh, this, I, I just wanted to read it. This is a uh, holy, uh, one of the holy gospels from Luke, uh, Luke eleven, um, chapter eleven, verses uh, five through ten, and it's kind of interesting because um, here we here we have. Uh, I think the uh, words of Christ coming again in a, in, in a sort of parable, which is intricate and unfolds in a, in a kind of a, you know, an unusual way. It's one of those things that you can look at and refer to and look at again. And, and as you, as you grow in, in, in your own spiritual foundation, it, uh, it becomes, you know, different things, you know, different meanings. Mm-hmm. 
So let me just read it straight, and we'll kind of see where we want to start uh, with this. And this is Luke 11, um, beginning verse 5? Verses 5 through 10. Got it. All right? Mm-hmm. So he, and he said to them, suppose one of you has a friend, and you go to him at midnight and say to him, friend, lend me three loaves of bread, for a friend of mine has arrived, and I have nothing to set before him. And he answers from within. Do not bother me. The door has already been locked and my children are with me in bed. I cannot get up and give you anything. I tell you, even though he will not get up and give him anything because he is his friend, at least because of his persistence, he will get up and give him whatever he needs. So I say to you, ask and it will be given to you. Search. And you will find, knock, and the door will be opened for you. For everyone who asks, receives. And everyone who searches, finds. And for everyone who knocks, the door will be open. Beautiful. Very beautiful. And we actually have touched on this um, mm-hmm. on, in February. Mm-hmm. We talked about a knock at midnight, which is a speech that Martin Luther King gave mm-hmm. based on that same verse. So, and and I, I love the verse, and I love uh, the message that it gives. Mm-hmm. Yeah, to me, and and I'm glad you're going to read the, the one you're going to read later mm-hmm. on, because I think you know it really kind of, when you read it to me uh, prior to mm-hmm. us recording this right now, um, it really kind of opened up, because one of the things that I wanted to t- talk about with this verse mm-hmm. and is, again, it's a, it's complicated because you're looking at it from so many different perspectives. The friend who's knocking at the door, the, fr- sure. the friend who won't answer the yeah. door, yeah. Uh, the friend who just popped into town with absolutely nothing. <coughs> yeah. Uh, and then you have Christ telling the parable and... And Luke relaying the parable, yeah, you know, or the Gospels, or whoever wrote Luke, mm-hmm. you know, three hundred years after, yeah. after after the death yeah. of, of Christ. But the one message I get from this is forgiveness. Mm-hmm. Um, and we've talked about this in the past. Sure. Um, how do you forgive someone who won't accept it, doesn't need it, or want it? Mm-hmm. How do you forgive yourself? How do you for, how do you how do you complete that circle? Yeah, and and come up, you know, in a different place, in a better place spiritually. It doesn't happen overnight. It's not some magical. Oh well, I thought this thought, mm-hmm. and five minutes later, I'm a different person. Yeah. Um, Forget. Go ahead. There's a persistence mm-hmm. here that yeah. that's being spoken of. Yeah, the persistence to knock, to be the persistence to seek, mm-hmm. and the persistence to ask. Yeah, and I think a lot of times we feel as though, well, it didn't work. So that was Plan A. Screw it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, you know, we give up um, easily. Yeah, the thing about forgiveness and. Hopefully later on we'll talk even more in depth about forgiveness because you know, there um, we've talked about how do you forgive someone who doesn't ask for forgiveness? You know, let's say someone has done you wrong, and you're like, "Well, I forgive you anyway." And I've always felt I'm I'm not going to give I'm not going to even forgive someone or even think about forgiving someone unless someone actually asks for forgiveness. 
And I'm not saying that's a right or a wrong thing. I think that Jesus will want us to forgive, even if someone doesn't ask for forgiveness. But it is very tough. It's not a light switch. It's something that you can just flip on. I think about, you always mention, who do you see yourself when, when Jesus gives these parables? Are you the person behind the door uh, who doesn't answer? Or are you the person in front of the door? And when we talk about forgiveness regarding uh, Luke 11, you know, do you forgive the person who never answers that door? Mm-hmm. And if you are a person behind the door, do you forgive yourself for not opening the door, for not giving yourself the opportunity to help someone, especially as a Christian should? Yeah. yeah. I've looked upon this parable a mm-hmm. long, long time as I'm the one knocking. Yeah. And what I'm asking for is audacious. Yes. I I say I'm doing it mm-hmm. for another, but it still feels like inappropriate. Mm-hmm. This is not appropriate for me to ask. Um, I am supposed to be humble. I'm supposed to, you know, be deferent mm-hmm. to relationships, you know, to mm-hmm. the wishes of my friends, to yeah. deferent to God, deferent mm-hmm. to all kinds of other desires. Mm-hmm. Um I'm supposed to take myself out of the equation mm-hmm. to be humble. Um, that's not necessarily the lesson here. That that may be inferred by my you know mm-hmm. my idea about it, but that's not what's happening here. Right, exactly. I mean, we should always. I mean, when we talk about forgiveness, we and we talk about what we are, what we deserve. I think Jesus is very clear. We don't. You know, we're all sinners. And we're all are wrong, and we don't necessarily deserve his grace and um, salvation. But it's there for us, and it's there for us to take that salvation and to be saved, to accept being saved, and accept the fact that he has taken our sins and he has crucified himself so that we can live, and we can live a wonderful life. There are things that we do in life that are wrong. They, you know, We sin all the time. But if we lock ourselves up away from forgiveness, away from having that load lifted from us, then we're only damaging ourselves. I mean, Jesus gave us, I, I, I use the analogy of your mother fixing, I don't know, a cake or, or, or dinner. If you don't take it in because either you don't feel worthy of it or for whatever reason, the plate's still there. Salvation is still there. Jesus still has salvation ready for you. So that you can be happy and you can live a wonderful life. But if you allow yourself to continue to hold on to the sin or to the things that you've done in the past, you're only shackling yourself. Yeah. All too often, yeah. the reason I interpreted the story a certain way and the reason I took on just the character of the person knocking mm-hmm. is because I felt that being in a position of asking for something mm-hmm. – meant that they had something I I didn't. Yeah. And that was just the way it was. Sure. Um, they have the power I don't. And now, when I look at this story in a different way, or I want to look at it in a different way, and I can because it's the wonderful thing about these uh, writings, is that, like I said, you can turn it around and find new things. Mm-hmm. Now I... I I look at this, and I look at it coming from Christ telling it. And there's not a word in there 
about, and I can't find anything really, um, even in all the Gospels that say like Christ was self-deprecating. Mm-hmm. He was confident, but he knew human beings. Mm-hmm. He knew the frailty of human beings. But at the same time, he didn't seem to think that having the power and conviction and the faith of wanting something, of asking for it, of looking for it, mm-hmm. of creating an expectation and a feeling that you have the right for it. He never said there was anything wrong with that. He said, love God, love each other. Mm-hmm. And anything else you may want, if you're doing the two, mm-hmm. it's it's not a wrong thing to ask. It's not a wrong thing to look. Mm-hmm. It's not a wrong thing to create an expectation. Yeah. You know, it may seem audacious. Mm-hmm. People may disagree with you. They may not even want what you have, or what you're, and they may not be able to give what you ask for. Mm-hmm. Be persistent. Be persistent through love. Absolutely. And uh, and and don't think about it's an either or. It's an and it's not gonna. <laughs> it may not happen right away. Mm-hmm. You know, I think one of the many lessons of Dr. King is <laughs> just the excruciating plea for patience. Absolutely. You know, just <laughs> in in a, in a world that was growing very very impatient. I just uh mm-hmm. just this past week, you know, given the circumstances of, you know, all the things that have been happening, you know, in 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 our society, yeah, lately. Mm-hmm. And I, I saw Black Klansman, um, the Spike Lee movie. I don't know if you know that movie. Oh, uh, yeah. Goodness. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. What a powerful and dark and and yeah, humorous and, <laughs> and scary film that sure. is. Sure. Well, Spike Lee, he has that talent. And uh, Denzel Washington's son is in that. Yeah. It was and a, being the lead actor, yeah. yeah. Uh, it was brilliant. Yeah. It was, it was really, really brilliant. And yeah. people may say, you know, his style is a bit cartoony, but mm-hmm. I'm... I think it, I, th- I think he delivers, um, mm-hmm. you know, messages in such a, uh, in such a, like in a velvet glove, you know, kind of way. Oh sure. You know, and uh, mm-hmm. you know, you, you don't know it's going to hit you till it hits you. Yeah. And that, and I, I find I find his artistry and mm-hmm. and the people, mm-hmm. especially the world that the worlds and the characters he created in this one just really, kind of hit home exactly yeah. the things in my mind the reaction I want to have, mm-hmm. you know. To uh, to people who are confused, frightened, no matter where you mm-hmm. stand politically, yeah, you know whether you're, uh, you know, uh, right wing, left wing, whatever. I, I I find that you know um, that uh, yeah that the that the 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 message of of this. Um, this movie and the message of you know of, yeah. of of that kind of um well i mean you have characters who are trying to persevere amidst very very toxic situations we may think that what's happening now with uh trump and the tweets and uh there's a democratic election going i mean there's an election for presidency that's happening it'll happen in 2020 but you know the election period is ha- is right now mm-hmm. and there are all sorts of negative things that are being said and 
I think there was a uh, this week there were more shootings going on, and I, I have to ask myself. Was is it more toxic now in 2019, or was it more toxic during King's time and during the time of Black Klansmen, where you have people, you know, just being killed and lynched, and you have the fight over segregation? And how do you maintain the peace? How do you maintain your Christianity uh, if you are a Christian in times where people are literally just yelling in your face and people are just threatening you well, in your face? And it's, and it's hard to understand. Um, it, it seems like a very individual kind of idea to say like. You know, I mean, it's what's obvious, what you can't deny is that we're living in a world of fear Mm -hmm. and it's hard to differentiate depending upon whatever point of view you have. Where is the real fear? Yeah. And where is the fear that's just being, Mm -hmm. you know, drummed up? Yeah. And, uh, you know, I mean, you can argue with me. I think the stacking of the courts, the way uh, way it's happening right now, Mm -hmm. to me, that's a real fear because that's a. That's a legacy that is going to be really, really hard to kind of balance, mm-hmm. you know, in the future. I mean, in, and I'm talking in the decades beyond this time sure. future. Well, yeah, you know, even, well, it affects people People even now. I mean, you know, the Supreme Court had ruled mm-hmm. on um, – in that gerrymandering is, isn't a problem, and that's, that, that's a problem for me. And also, um, you mean Roe v. Wade? You know that's coming up very soon. And I think there's another ruling. They're questioning Brown, though. That's right. Well, yeah, because Brown v. Board of Education. Because uh, and and most of the appointees that have been appointed mm-hmm. in the last uh, two years. Yeah. I don't think there's one Hispanic. Yeah. I don't think there's. Yeah. yeah. Also, funding yeah. for the wall. I mean, the the Supreme Court said, oh yeah, Trump can allow the defense take money from the defense to build this you know ridiculous wall that he wants to do. Well, whether you believe uh, that, you know, whatever you believe is the real fear mm-hmm. or whatever you believe is the supposed fear. Yeah. Um, I think uh, <laughs> there's no doubt there is fear. Yeah. Real or imagined. And it has the same – it has the same effect. It has a dis- an effect to just, you know, kind of make you all – you know, make you just want to either fight mm-hmm. for whatever reason and whatever cause – or in my case, it makes you just want to isolate yourself away from away from this stuff. Yeah, I um, find a find a, a better place in your <laughs> in your mind and your soul. Yeah, I, I have a, I have a lot of thoughts on this. To touch on Luke eleven again, you know, when Dr. King talked about uh, that, and you mentioned Black Klansmen, and that talked about how certain individuals are trying to fight. You know, the the story is about this black guy who. Um, is employed, I think, with the FBI, and he infiltrates the Ku Klux Klan via phone, basically pretending to be a white guy. (laughs) And uh, it's sort of humorous. It's actually based on a real story, but it talks about how certain individuals are doing whatever they can to sort of fight racism and uh, the prejudices that were going on. And there were all sorts of fighting going on. I mean, King had his path. Malcolm X had his path. Uh, the Nation of Islam had their path. Um, so there were lots of people trying to fight, you know, um, the the toxi- toxicity, um, that toxicity. There you go. There you go. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's, yeah, bingo, that's going on. But touching back on um, Luke 11, you know, when King talks about a knock at midnight, he's talking about, he uses the wonderful analogy of midnight being the racism and uh, the the horrible 
way that we can be just based on our carnal desire, the desire for power, power over women, power over black people, power over um, marginalized people, the workers, you know, um, businessmen over workers, uh, you know, that that's midnight, you know, and when we knock on the door, we're saying, hey, we want to be rescued from this midnight. We want to be rescued from, we need your help. Mm-hmm. And all of us need, you know, help from each other. And we can either open that door and say, hey, I'm going to be there for you. I don't know what I have to offer will help you, but I'm going to give you what I can. You can either open the door or you could say, oh, no, don't bother me. Leave me alone. Uh, yeah. Well, I'll, and again, uh, you know, in my mm-hmm. own self-deprecating way. Yeah. And rewriting this story in order to fit my attitude, which mm-hmm. is not necessarily the best attitude, I must say. I also put myself in the friend behind the door who won't open it mm-hmm. and uh, sure. denying my power. Yeah. Saying like, hey, man, uh, you know, this is all inappropriate. And I, because of my patterns and because of the way I want to secure myself and my family and yeah. the safety of my home, I don't have the power to do that. My yeah. my beliefs that you're doing inappropriate things by asking for something, yeah. my beliefs Make me say, dude, uh, I'd like to help you, but I'm powerless. Yeah. And again. It's a knee-jerk reaction. It's a knee-jerk. It has no basis. Where on earth did we get the idea, did I get the idea, Mm -hmm. that having power is a bad thing for me, Mm -hmm. that I'll misuse it, or I will not deserve it, Mm -hmm. or I can't create anything from it? Mm-hmm. Substantially, where on earth does God tell you that in this in this verse? No, He says everyone here has the power. The guy has the power to open the door. The other guy has the power to keep be persistent. Yes, and do not take no for an answer. Mm-hmm. No one, nowhere on earth does it say that they are using their powers for good or bad. Mm-hmm. What it is saying is they're not using their power. At all, mm-hmm. if the story doesn't work to a reasonable conclusion, which, my God, in this verse, you don't really know. Yeah. Does the door open? Yeah. Christ says it will. But That's right. But, but he never but finishes the story. There's no happy ending. Mm-hmm. It's just like, and the guy knocked under the door, and the door didn't open. Yeah. The end. The end, yeah. <laughs> but but it's more, it's not the end. It's dot, dot, dot. There's this, yeah. little, you know, there's this little bit afterwards. Yeah. Like, it'll all happen. I get the feeling that Christ leaves us to finish the story. What will you do? You finish the story. Will you open the door or not? A lot of people, I feel among them, that God has not given you powers. Sometimes. Mm -hmm. Um, Someone someone said to me yesterday, there surely was a a time, Mm -hmm. Craig, where you had power in your life. Surely you know what it's like to have that. Mm Mm-hmm. Use it. Yeah. And I was like devastated by this because I have never really. I, I, I would have been in this story if I wrote it, I'd be like, knock, knock, knock. Nobody answers. They say no. Okay. Christ. I knew that would happen. Mm-hmm. Well, well, back, back to the dark I go. And uh, that's not what happened here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's not the story. But that's the story I would write. Yeah, you know, uh, you know, at times, at mm-hmm. times when I feel powerless, I would just say like, "Yeah, I knew it." Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you know, I that I have a lot of thought about what power is, especially how we define power. Um, 
I would say within the United States or, you know, within our lives. And that sort of segues me to the Bible verse that I brought in, um, which I'll talk about a little bit later on. But when we think about power and how much control we have over our lives, I think I told you over breakfast how when I'm ha- when I have a- when I have anxiety, I'll have these nightmares where I have absolutely no power, where I am um, have these nightmares of um, being surrounded by filth, like being a hoarder, like having trash just mounds and mounds around me and not being able to control my situation. And usually it's because I'm in a job situation or I'm in a relationship situation where someone needed something for me and I couldn't provide. Either I said, don't bother me, or I tried to provide, or I made a promise that I could do it, whatever the it is, and I couldn't do it. You know, I, you know, um, as men, you know, we're we're taught, hey, you got to man up, you know, you got to step in and you got to make a play or you got to do the thing that you, you know, you got to be Superman. And a lot of times we can't. We just can't. We can't meet up the expectations that other people have. Well, especially if you're stuck in a nightmare. Yes, <laughs> exactly right. But also power. I mean, a lot of times when we when we t- when we say that we are inadequate, when we say that we uh, don't have the strength to to do the things, usually we are subconsciously juxtaposing, juxtaposing, we're we're comparing ourselves to our perception of what power is. Usually there's a man in a suit or there's someone who is barking orders. Get it done, get it done. You know, that's, and we, we say that's power. Like when Donald Trump, you know, issues a proclamation and he has his three-piece suit on and he's, you know, he's surrounded by powerful people. We say, whoa, I guess that's what power is. Regardless of how he uses it and how he is helping or not helping anyone. And I think the Bible is, is flush with what real power is. Um, you know, Jesus was not someone who he was rather, he looked rather meek. I mean, he was in rags. He was, you know, just, I'm sure he even looked at like a beggar, you know, even back in, in those days, he didn't make a paycheck, right? (laughs) He was a carpenter's son. And I'm sure, and we've talked about this before, how the apostles thought, well, wait a minute. I thought we were, he was going to have a real King. And he was going to lead us in power, and we we're going to overthrow the government, overthrow Caesar, and restore and give us the power that we need. And he showed us, no, the power that I'm giving you is something completely different. It's the power of peace. It's the power of love. It's the power of us helping each other. I want to read Colossians, uh, the third chapter. Please, yeah. Um, I'll begin on verse 8. But now you must also rid yourself of all such things as these. Anger, rage, malice, slander, and filthy language from your lips. Do not lie to each other, since you have taken off your old self with its practices, and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge in the image of its creator. Here, there is no Gentile or Jew, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave or free, but Christ is all, and is in all. Therefore, As God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourself with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other and forgive one another if any of you have a grievance against someone. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all these virtues, put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. It's wonderful. You know, I just I, I just realized something when you read that. Yeah. 
One thing I one thing I ignored through all all this. Yeah. Is there three people in this story? In Luke, I'm going back to Luke, but I want to. Okay. I think what you read is just beautiful. But what it made me feel is though, mm-hmm. there's three people in this story. You know, the guy you don't see who just came into town who needs something to eat. There's his. his oh, that's right. You know, who is friends mm-hmm. with the guy who mm-hmm. goes and knocks at the door? Who is friends with the guy who's not opening the door? Mm-hmm. It's not like a dude and another dude and another dude. We're all friends here. Mm-hmm. We're all friends. Why is this happening? Mm-hmm. Amongst friends. Exactly. Yeah. Not opening. Yeah, not opening the door. I mean, Luke 11 is wonderful, and uh, I, um, you know, when I heard King's speech and knock at midnight, I it just had all these imageries. And, of course, the person who is not doing any of the talking at all is the person who is in the need, who is in absolute need, who is dependent upon both the friend who is knocking on the door and the person who can open the door but who chooses not to. But in Galatians 3, clothe on, you know, I said a lot of words, but the thing that really r- resonated with me was put on love. Yeah, the clothe yourself with that. Yeah, clothe yourself with that. There was an article in Vanity Fair, and getting back to power, uh, where there was basically a state senator uh, from Pennsylvania who was uh, arguing on behalf of, there was some sort of a bill that dealt with the homeless, and she was reading a letter from a homeless person. Uh, the, let me jump to the article right here. Uh, Kate, Katie Muth, um, and I'll read the article. Uh, a few weeks ago, a short clip of a state senator uh, from Pennsylvania named Kate Muth, a Democrat from Montgomery County, began bouncing around Twitter. It showed Katie Muth, who is 35, reading an impassionate and thoughtful letter from a John Boyd, a formerly homeless man who was concerned about the pinning eradication of a cash-assisted program for the poor. Basically, Muth is reading this letter, and she's being shouted down by a Republican, a guy named uh, Jake Corman. Yeah, if you watch this clip, it's very disturbing. It's very disturbing, and I could play a little bit, but I'm not going to play a little bit of it right now. But basically, I mean, the gist of the clip is she's reading this letter, and he's like, you know, uh, he's trying to shut her down. He's trying to shut her down, basically. Verbally and screaming. Yeah, screaming. Basically, you know, trying to exert power over her. The article, the New Yorker article, doesn't talk so much about the state senator and what's really going on, but basically the dynamic of yelling. Basically, the state, the man who's yelling at the woman is, I guess, asserting a type of um, the cliche of power that we have sort of lived with throughout our lives. We see it on TV. We see it in the movies. Yeah. Uh, I can count all the 80s action flicks where someone is yelling. <laughs> oh, yeah. 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 Yelling know. and screaming. And, you know, and we see the um, the football coaches, you know, yelling at their players. And, um, you know, th- there is a belief that this is what power is. I'm going to yell and scream and exert my authority shut over. You, shut you down. Exactly. And yeah. we've, had, we've had bosses like this. Oh, <laughs> I think everyone has dealt with this situation. Sure, or, you know, if, if there are uh, women out there, you've had boyfriends who try to do that, or fathers oh, yeah. who, who do that. I'm sure we can't find a, a lack of uh, mm-hmm. experience, experience in that. Yeah, and, uh, the, and, you know, so the New Yorker article, and also we have uh, Trump's, and it's something that everyone's been talking about, Trump's tweets about the, um, the four freshman congressmen uh, who happen to be women of color, basically saying, go back to your country. 
and 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 even Baltimore. You know his comments on Baltimore. And, um, you know, and infestation. And what Trump is basically doing, you know, he's pulling on this belief that, you know, I am the white man in the suit and I am chastising, you know, you people who can't get it together, asserting his air quotes power. Mm -hmm. When really his job is to serve, his job is to serve uh, the American people. It's strange. Not it? only tangibly, but intangibly, by words. And words have power. Words have meaning. So, yeah, that's why you can probably kind of see where I'm I'm frightened of power, even the power of my own that I possess myself. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of times I will say, well, I don't want it, or I abdicate it, or I don't have it, mm-hmm. because the people who you know have power over me do. Yeah, like it's either or, and I go back to, yeah. <laughs> and it makes me think of that plate of food, man. Yeah, it's there. Yeah, it's there. Whether you know whether I choose to partake of it mm-hmm. or not, whether I use or misuse it or abdicate it completely, mm-hmm. still there. Yeah, but I wonder. You say that other people have power over you. Do they really, though? I don't. I don't know. It's, uh, it, it's it, this is a new concept for me. I'm working mm-hmm. my way through. Sure, it. sure. But you know. I assume that I am a participant, you mm-hmm. know, in things that I, I've done and I shouldn't have, and mm-hmm. things that I've achieved too. Yeah. I, you know, I mean, I've achieved some, some I think, good things. Yes. Uh, but, um, but I just see myself as a participant, not really as like, you know, someone, you know, who has been raised up mm-hmm. to have this authority, you know, and and so, mm-hmm. in a way, I just I never take the power. And, you know, I think a lot of people feel that way, especially, I mean, I can even tie this still to Luke 11 and also um, Colossians, where, um, you know, if we if we assume, you know, power, like let's say uh, the person behind the door may have power because they have a home, they have, you know, and property. They have the food. (laughs) They have the food. They have the means to help. Yes. Um, But... The person outside has a bit of power also just by their voice and by their actions. By their persuasion. And by their persuasion. I mean, I think about Alexandria Mm Ocasio-Cortez and um, I forget the other Congress uh, people's names, but they're using their power right now. They're like, hey, listen, I may be a junior senator. I may be only 28 years old, but I've got the power of people. I am a servant of the people and the people recognize that I'm serving them and that I'm helping them and that I'm their voice. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to use my voice to chastise you. If you are using your power, if you are not using your power to help, help the people, then you sort of invalidate yourself uh, as, as, as president, or let's say if there's a boss, like, you know, I have bosses, but they recognize that although I may be their employee, Mm -hmm. I have a bit of power because I'm doing the work. Yeah, if, I, I, if I don't do the work, what can they do? I kind of agree with that in a different perspective. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, there. You may agree with the, the squad or not. Sure. You know, they may be a loud voice with a lot of stuff that you really don't think is reality, mm-hmm. can be reality, or mm-hmm. maybe you don't even want it to be reality. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe you do not think that people deserve, you know, you know, a better society, a mm-hmm. more prosperous. You know opportunities mm-hmm. for their pursuit of happiness that they either get it on their own or they don't. Yeah, and nobody's going to spoon feed them. And maybe you feel like that's what they're saying. Mm-hmm. They're knocking at the door, and they're not going to be quiet. And they're going to keep asking. 
mm-hmm. and they're going to keep being persistent. If you're right. If they didn't knock at the door, what use are they? Right. They just got elected and just to go sit there like other people mm-hmm. and get elected again mm-hmm. and, and create opportunities for themselves and their friends. Right. Um, I think – I think that's what I'm <laughs> getting from that. You can you can do, agree or disagree. You could say this this knocking at the door at midnight is audacious and appropriate. Mm-hmm. You're asking something of me which you shouldn't. Mm-hmm. In pr- polite society, I've got every right to tell you like, no, I'm not going to give you any bread. Mm-hmm. It's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. You come here and just made a situation that I don't want to be in. Mm-hmm. You know, right? Why on earth I have every right to say no? Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. And I'm sure people feel that way about the homeless. Yeah. About, you know, <laughs> about the hungry. Yeah. You know, about about the people who um, are crossing borders. Yeah. You know? I'm sure people have every right to say laws are laws. Mm-hmm. Just like that guy, if you, if you watch the clip, the guy's screaming, it's the law, it's the rules, it's the law, it's the rules. It's like what the Pharisees said all the time. Sure. You know, yeah, there are laws. Yeah, there are rules. Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe it's, maybe it's inappropriate to yeah. ask these things, but people are not going to stop asking for them. But the Especially thing, people the, who we put our you mm-hmm. know, reliance in. And the thing about rules and laws, what are the laws there for? To help the people. Hopefully. And if the laws don't help the people, if the laws are there as an obstruction to helping the people, and then obviously there's something wrong. And that's the lesson that Jesus had to the Pharisees. Mm-hmm. He's like, listen, you guys are taking the word of God, but you are totally misappropriating it. You're focusing on the rules and the regulations. Oh, you you dissipate those rules, so you're going to be cast aside. He's just like, no, 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 we're not casting anyone aside. Yeah. This is about equality. When I think about the, the squad, air quotes, um, what do they really want? They just want equality for everyone. Well, they want everyone to be treated equally. They want, you know, they want a tent that expands. Exactly. Not a tent that it, that just kind of holds ideas and mm-hmm. people who believe the same ideas in one place. No, you're not going to agree with everybody there. You're never going to. Right. And it, it ties into what Colossians says. There, there is no Gentile or Jew, yeah. circumcised or uncircumcised. This is not about. You know, the black or the white or the poor, the rich or the gay or the straight. Yeah. Everyone, slave free. Christ is all and is in all. I mean, the tent is wide open for everyone. The tent needs to be expanded. Exactly. Inclusivity. I mean, everyone is included in this. As as on earth as it is in heaven. Yeah. And and um, when we talk about, you know, we, we've been talking about power. You know, there's a statement, there's a phrase that I always give. No one has power unless you give them power. If I give you the power to sort of rule over me or to sort of dominate me, then that's the power that I've given to you. There have been people in our our lives, um, whether in our relationships or parents or whatever, where if someone says something and I jump, it's like I have a proverbial button on my back. And someone's like, well, I know know the button to push to get Reg Clay to jump. I'm going to push that button, boom, Mm -hmm. and I jump. Yeah. Well, it's up to me to activate or deactivate that button. You know, um, when I think about Trump in the tweets, he's hitting a button to make people jump. You know, he wants people to react a particular way, both conservative and liberal. Mm-hmm. There are people that we have in our lives. They're like, well, I'm going to make you jump. But if the button doesn't work, if you don't react to it, then they, they sort of lose their power. They're like, oh, shoot, I can't get that person to jump anymore. I can't get that person. And the yelling, when we go back to the clip, 
you know, the guy's yelling to try to get her to shut up. She doesn't shut up. No, she the button's lose. not working. And she doesn't try to top him. And the fact is, the article talks about how Twitter reacts. There are tons of millennials who are like, oh, wow, I have so much sympathy for that woman. And now, here we are on our podcast in San Francisco, well, actually Oakland, talking about a homeless guy in Pennsylvania <laughs> and how the uh, the Pennsylvania legislature wants to take away funding for the homeless. Now, why are we talking about it? Because this woman wrote this letter, read his letter. Yeah, or tried to. She used, <laughs> she used her voice. Yeah. Uh, I, in my opinion, she has far more power than that other guy. Well, someone once said the quiet voice is the authentic voice. That's the small exactly right. Voice is the authentic voice. That's exactly right. You know, um, I, I mean, you, you brought up all these action movies and how. Oh, yeah. And before, it's, it's kind of true. <laughs> and I, I usually, I don't know if you guys, you, you know, seen a lot of Nicolas Cage movies. but Oh, you know, sure. You know, at one time he made, you know, I think okay movies, and then he just started making just dumbass movies. Oh, and, sure. But in every single one, it's almost like it's written in his contract. Yeah. That. There will be a climactic scene where he will have lines and deliver them at the top of his lungs. Oh, sure. And for some reason, every every single time I've seen that, it always made me laugh because it just – that screaming, <laughs> I am right, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> oh, sure, know, yeah. Just looked like so much weakness. Yeah. You know, I think an acting teacher once told me that, yeah, don't do that. Don't think that just because you yell real loud, you know – Suddenly, you've gained authority. In fact, you're probably losing ground. Yep. Yep. <laughs> yep. You know? That's exactly and I, right. And I think that that's the way people are reacting nowadays. Hopefully, yeah. mm -hmm. hopefully, millennials and, and and young people who are seeing this kind of ridiculous show of authority yeah. right now, uh, hopefully, they'll they're getting wiser to that. Yeah. <laughs> well, essentially, so the article. I'll read a little bit of it. Uh, she says. I almost always feel worse when I yell, which is not often and almost never in public. But like any American who reads the news or attempts to drive up and down the East Coast on the 4th of July weekend, there are moments where I briefly lose my control and start hollering like a maniac. It can seem as it's happening like a thrilling and potent way to externalize some inner turmoil and indicate my boundless strength. Yet I have not found it to be an effective method of stress relief. And I usually feel stupid afterwards. <laughs> so that's that's uh, interesting. Well, um, let's just all have a good cry now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, I, I honestly can't remember the last time. I think when I was in my 20s, I think I yelled at a girlfriend of mine. I think she had called up some dude in front of my face just to see what reaction I would get. And I so you got all, yelled. So you got and, all powerful. And, of course, it, it had, you know, basically I just proved that, you know, that I was weak enough to allow – her to push that proverbial button uh, and it worked <laughs> um and it's but you know the article talks about how millennials they just don't recognize that excuse me anymore and how maybe there's a tide there's a change in you know i think as generation x i sort of grew up to you know responding to the authoritative you know i've had my mom yelled <laughs> oh my gosh <laughs> Yell, yelling seemed to be the kind of like like uh, yeah, choice du jour. Yeah, <laughs> in my in my house. Oh sure, sure. Oh, definitely. Pick that thing up and do 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 do. I did not yeah. tell you to bup bup bup. You know, just slam that door. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Remember, you know, like one of the things that we miss about phones back in our days, like you could slam the phone. You can't oh, slam slam phones anymore. Yeah, you know, yeah. you can't you can't do that now. Well, you know, you can. Then you got to get another. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> but with those old uh, rotary phones, boom, just yeah. slam it down and. And slam it on someone's ear. Oh my goodness! <laughs> but you know, just the um, 
the you know what we interpret as power is changing and i think for the for the better i would hope i still think even despite the fact that we're in the trump administration i think that we are far more liberal than we've ever been and that um we don't re- respond to you know we if someone ha- i i respect someone with power when they use the power for their better good i mean the people who i respected and admired in my life even bosses are the ones who have compassion the ones who listen the ones who are like, hey, let's sit down and let's talk about this thing. Let's strategize what we need to do. Uh, I talked about, I just finished doing uh, Heathers, mm-hmm. um, which was playing at uh, the Cowell Theater. It was about a couple of weeks ago. And we had a young director uh, who was around 35 years old, very calm, very collect. And we had a producer who was an older person who was a little bit more stressed out. She wasn't a yeller, I'll say that, but she clearly was like, hey, listen, I want to exert my authority. Things are not going right. Mm-hmm. you got to do this. you got to do that. I, things need to be perfect. And I'm waving my fist as I'm talking <laughs> to you. Oh, my God. Um, and although I realized that she's the one cutting the checks, <laughs> I respected the director's uh, authority because she was far more calmer. Mm-hmm. She soon knew what was going on and how to handle the situation. I mean, and you know, it's funny. That I think about um, Star Trek. Uh, there's they're going to be a new sequel for the Next Generation, and people compare Kirk to Picard. <laughs> and I think the newer generation sort of respects Picard because you know Kirk was just yelling all the time. Well, he, was, <laughs> he was a ham. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Good old William Shatner. <laughs> I enjoyed that. I enjoyed yeah. watching that about him. And of course, Star Trek was written by Gene Rottenberry, who was a former World War II veteran. And who wrote speeches for uh, the chief of police in L.A. So he was all about authority. And when you think about Star Trek, I know people are like, wow, this is a faith podcast. Well, yeah, we're talking about Star Trek now. <laughs> but nerds, that's why. <laughs> we're nerds. <laughs> but in any case, uh, Star Trek is all about authority, the prime directive. Uh-huh. And uh, passing that authority to these dis- strange distant planets. Yeah, well, a lot of times I think, you know, and, and I, I understand this, you know, mm-hmm. and, I, and it's a part of my ever – kind of expanding idea of questioning my faith, challenging my faith, or having it challenged. And uh, and so uh, one of the things that I think about is like uh, when people question my motives, it's one of the reasons I, I don't knock at the door when I really, really should be knocking at the door and, mm-hmm. have, and think that – and don't, don't second guess, you know, that I have no right to mm-hmm. ask and to, and, and to, and to want to – be a powerful part of a you know of my life or our situation mm-hmm. or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's a, it's when I question myself from time to time, and and sometimes your authority, your power is questioned too, by outside forces. You said ninety percent of what you feel like is uh, outside forces mm-hmm. trying to drain you of your power. Mm-hmm. And I, I said just the opposite. I kind of just succumb to my own feeling of helplessness most of the time, and it's kind of a a rare day when I rise <laughs> above that. But one of the one of the things that happens when people question my authority, or I think they question, mm-hmm. you know, my right uh, to ask, my right to persist and knock, mm-hmm. you know, is they say, well, like, you know, why, you know, where is the power of God? Where is the power of God in your life? Mm-hmm. You know, and and I hear that in my heart, like, where, where is it? Mm-hmm. And I have to remind myself that in my belief, uh, my God, my faith. The beauty of all that I I want to attain, you know, the the ideals that I want to live mm-hmm. up to, 
I should be able to see them everywhere. Jesus said, I'm everywhere. I'm in all these things. Mm -hmm. Um, I should be able to listen to them everywhere. Mm -hmm. You know, even in the hate-filled words, I should be able to find God. Mm -hmm. It's, I just have to learn how to be a better listener, I guess. Yeah, I I think. I just have to learn to be mm -hmm. a better yeah, liquor. I think, I and, and I think Seeker. it's. I think it's something that all Christians deal with. You know, it's like, well, where is, if God is speaking to me, I need to listen at it and adhere to that. I wonder about. I wonder how much we respect the power of peace, the power of of individuals who don't speak aloud. Uh, guys like the Dalai Lama. You know, the Dalai Lama is highly respected. And he's all about peace and tranquility. And, you know, and uh, I think I can only talk about, you know, America and my experience and everything that I've absorbed through society and through everything that I've seen on TV and the movies and all of that stuff. Usually the authority figures that we see are these, you know, titanic individuals who are not peaceful and are not gentle and tranquil. And so it's tough to 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 find a foundation which is not based on authority authority and power. I think about the gun issue. I think about why people have the need to own a gun. Why do you need to have an AK semi-automatic and all of that stuff? Because some individuals feel, well, I can't have power unless I have something in my hand. I can't have power unless I have a great car or um, you know, a woman is, isn't going to respect me unless I have something of value, a tangible, you know, um, um, materialistic value. Yeah, well, we'll get you a Tesla real quick. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah. And then I'll get the woman, and then people will respect me. But just my voice, and just being peaceful and kind, and being caring to people, some people don't recognize that as power. Yeah. Well, I I had to come through it at a totally different angle, mm -hmm. and uh, and and I'm still coming through it. I had to learn how to forgive uh, other people because. I didn't want to hold a grudge, mm -hmm. and they didn't want it. They didn't need it. Mm -hmm. In fact, they thought it was kind of stupid. But through that, through that, I have found a way and a means to start to forgive myself. Mm -hmm. Because I always felt like I was absolutely complicit in whatever act that needed forgiving or whatever act I needed to be forgiven for. I felt completely involved in that, mm -hmm. 100%. But I had to get... From one, I had to get from point A to point B. Mm -hmm. So I had to, I had to start start to love others, and I had to start to forgive others selflessly. And that's that seems to have been like a ridiculous idea, especially if like I'm sitting here saying I'm seeking power is to humble yourself and degrade yourself. But it's like, in a way, I found a way to forgive myself. Mm -hmm. Which is what I really, really probably, I wish I could have done it the other way around. Yeah, no, I think about the, I think when you talk about power, I'm not talking about power over someone else. Like when I talk, when we talk about obtaining power for ourselves, I think I know for myself, I'm talking about creating a, a, a foundation that you can stand on where you can sort of empower yourself. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, when, when I think about, uh, um, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, I don't think about her as having a power over someone, a power to sort of exert her authority over someone else. 
I think about her power just to speak up mm-hmm. and to be a representative of the people and uh, as an inspiration to um, to voice her opinion. It's like, wow, if she can do it, then I can do it too. Mm-hmm. And so, um, yeah, I mean, th- so you know, when we talk about forgiveness and being powerless, a lot of times we feel powerless because we acknowledge, unfortunately, the power that other peoples have over us. And we don't have to acknowledge that. Just because someone, let's say you're in a relationship and someone exerts power over you and it makes you feel helpless and you want to forgive that person, you can easily say, well, you know what, maybe I have a problem forgiving that person, but let me step away from that person. Let me step away from this supposed power and let me sort of build my own foundation. And as a Christian, I'll do that by reading the Bible and fellowshipping with people who really respect me and understand me. And I'll sort of find my own power, my own inner strength. It's sort of like, you know, you've talked about the battery. Sometimes you need to go to a place to refill your battery Mm -hmm. to make you feel strong again. Mm -hmm. And when you're away from that person who you have given power to, and now you've taken power away from because you're away from that person, now you can sort of rebuild yourself again and feel good about yourself again. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yes. Well, yes. I I told you I took an ass-backwards way of of dealing with this thing. Mm -hmm. But that's, again, you know, I mean, that's like going back to the Luke thing. um, Again, you know, you put yourself in any different stance, any different Mm -hmm. character here. You come up with a lot of different, you know, identities, Mm -hmm. you know, and a lot of different ideas about who each friend is, Mm -hmm. you know. Christ is up there talking about them all. So there's another example of being, you know, of looking at the story and 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 being objective enough, getting your getting enough distance. I think that's where, you know, I'm tying into your comment there. It's sure, like you're not any of these people mm-hmm. specifically. Yeah, you can put yourself in. You know, you can be the guy denying. Mm-hmm. You know, you know food to someone you could be the guy persistently asking for it yeah you can be the guy who just came into town and just like hey help me yeah um but you could also be the narrator of the story sure and the narrator of the story is the one who steps back and says like i'm all these guys i'm all these guys and they're conflicted Mm -hmm. they can't seem to make the right decision right now yeah who's right and that's when you that's when you see like you're complex Mm mm-hmm you're not just at fault. You're not just at fault. Mm-hmm. You're also doing the good deed, doing the audacious thing of asking for it. Sure. If you're the person knocking on the door, you absolutely And you're right. also doing the good deed of the person who may or may not open the door. Right. The choice is yours. You're all these. You're conflicted. Mm-hmm. You're human beings is what he's saying. He know you're human beings. If you start to decide things through love, mm-hmm. what do you think is going to happen? Lower love should come back to you. You had mentioned uh, forgiveness, and in Colossians, it talks about, in verse 13, bear with each other and forgive one another. If any of you have a grievance against someone, forgive as the Lord forgave you. And you talked a lot about forgiveness, like how do we forgive? And it's I think complicated. It is. It's very complicated. <laughs> and I think, um, and the verse makes it far more simpler than mm-hmm. what it really is. But I think very clearly, uh, and I think this is Paul's letters to the Colossians, but he's basically saying, listen, if the Lord can forgive us, then we forget, can forgive each other. If we are commanded to love God and love our neighbors as God loves us, then forgiveness is a part of the package. It is. It has to be. Yes. It has to be. Mm-hmm. That means forgiving yourself. 
That's exactly right. You know? Mm-hmm. And Not a lot a- of times, you know, we'll associate that with like, oh, gosh, you know, that's just egotistical. I'm a narcissist if I'm asking for that. I, I don't deserve that. They mm-hmm. don't – you know, maybe somebody will forgive me and I'll figure it out then. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's, it's like, you know, you can wait around and wait around. Sure. You know, well, I mean, yeah, when for I the other shoe to drop, if mm-hmm. it does, if it doesn't. Yeah. You know? when, when we think about forgiveness, when I think about forgiveness, I think about if there's a burden, if there's a sack that I'm carrying or if there's a cross that I'm carrying and it's a burden, when I forgive and the burden may be holding on to bad feelings like, you know, I've talked about my mom. I've talked about my biological mom and how a sordid relationship that we had in the very beginning. Mm-hmm. And I could have held on to those grudges of the things that she did to me in the past. But it was important for me to let go of that and say, listen, mom, I forgive you. I understand what you had to go through and how difficult it was being a mother. Let's just forget about all that. Let's just drop it all and let's begin anew. I love you and I know that you love me. And letting go of that burden, just basically saying, listen, I forgive you, it takes away that burden of anger. And when we think about anger, and I think talking about power again in people who like to yell, I think subconsciously they're letting off the steam of whatever anger they have in their own their own lives, whatever happened when they were a kid and all that sort of stuff. When we let go and when we forgive someone, we, we take that burden, that sack, that cross off of our back. We start to heal. Exactly. We start to provide nourishment to our souls. Mm-hmm. You know, we stop the toxicity. That's exactly right. Um, and it's, it's hard. Mm-hmm. It's really hard. A yeah. Lot, a lot of times, you know, you'll say, like, I, like, I just can't seem to handle that. Mm-hmm. That's why we have help. I yes. think that's why I have help. Yeah. I have helped through um, my church family. I've helped through uh, you, Reg, through, through our uh, fellowship and our kind of like diving in and yeah. trying to figure out the tough questions. Yeah. While we're here. That's not, exactly not right. Not later on when somebody hands it to us. Right. But, but while we're sitting here face to face. Yeah. And the thing is, we talk about our own personal difficulties because everyone is going through difficulties. And if we can share it. Then other people can hear this podcast and say, oh, you know what? I'm going through the exact same thing. Yeah, those guys are really screwed up. Maybe <laughs> next week, maybe next episode, they'll get it together. Yeah. <laughs> <You know? laughs> but I mean, I, I think that's the wonderful thing about podcasting and about sharing each other. And really, it's fellowship. When you have others, I mean, I've heard people talk about in like AA meetings or let's say in fellowship meetings at church where they talk about, hey, this is a problem that I'm going through. Mm-hmm. Can someone, you know, pray for me and help me out? You're basically saying, hey, listen, I need to get this off of my chest. I don't have all of the answers, but maybe if I fellowship with people who can understand what I'm going through, they can build me up. Yeah. It's a way, it's a way of like having the world or the, at least the community around you Yeah. Uh, saying, you know, hearing your grievance. Mm-hmm. And you may think and it is individual to you. It's yours. Yes. Uh, but suddenly you see you're not alone in this that's exactly in this, right. In 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 this feeling, and you, and you're and you're you're walking in and putting yourself into that meeting or putting yourself into that fellowship. That's exactly right. You know, getting yourself out, doing even the slightest little thing. Mm-hmm. Um, you're you're recognizing that yeah, you, you're in pain, but it's it's not just individual to you, and you don't have to you don't have to abide with it alone. That's exactly don't right. Don't be alone with it, mm-hmm. you know, and or think it's so damn unique. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah. We're we're running into the uh, the one hour mark. Oh I, my you know, I've always enjoyed you know wow. our 
our conversation, our fellowship. But to tie it together, so we've given you two Bible verses. There's Luke 11, the knock at midnight. And uh, I absolutely love it. I'm glad that we revisited it because it means so much to me, you know, uh, hearing King's words again and uh, hearing your interpretation. And it sounds like that was something that was talked about at your Bible study on Wednesday. Uh, Not this past Wednesday, but it has been in the past. Yeah, 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 exactly. But there is always the knock. Someone's knocking on your door. Someone needs your help. And I love the verse that you read. It's Colossians. Yeah, Colossians 3. Yeah, I was going to touch on both. But, uh, you know, there's always someone knocking on the door. Who are you? Are you the person at the door? Are you not answering someone's cries for help? Are you the person knocking on the door and you feel powerless? Like, wow, why can't someone help me? And uh, how did I get into the situation? And where the, where are my real friends? Sometimes you know who your real friends are yeah, when bro- you knock on that door. Or I'm breaking the rules. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. Uh, I shouldn't be doing this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And to touch on Colossians 3, um, and I'll just read verse 12 again. Therefore, as God's chosen people, humbly, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other and forgive one another. If any of you have a grievance against someone, forgive as the Lord forgave you. And um, and over all the virtues, put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. Put on love. You know, it's, it's as if, you know, if you cloak yourselves in what you think is powerful, take off those things that you think are powerful, whatever it is, whether it's the glitzy materialistic stuff. And put on love. I mean, the people that we respect in our lives are not the people who boss us around. They're the people who give us a hug, who tell us who we are, who tell us that, you know, that you are loved and that you're worth something. Do it to yourself, too. Mm -hmm. You know, um, I know there's going to be tough decisions, Mm -hmm. you know, as we go, as we move forward. Yeah. In in society, in our own lives, in our personal relationships, there's going to be really tough decisions mm-hmm. we're not going to know what to do all the time yeah we're not going to feel worthy yep or we're or we're going to feel like we don't deserve it or we're going to feel like no i'm you know i'm you know i'm number one sure and we all have to come to these things in in some kind of fashion we have mm-hmm. to make a decision sometime or other yeah uh and i like that idea of well when in doubt love that's exactly when right. in doubt, you know i mean just start there mm-hmm Start from a point of compassion. Yep. You know? Yeah. I love that. Yeah. I guess I should. Can I close this up? Absolutely. Well, uh, thank you so much for letting us babble on here, dear dear God. Um, we so much want to be connected with you. And we want to be connected with you because we want to be connected with each other and with what we feel is really, truly precious within uh, our neighbors, within our own hearts. We want to satisfy our soul. And uh, feed it with the nutrition that only your love provides. In Jesus' name, we thank you and we praise you and we hope we walk with you in our deeds this week week and on into the future. Amen. Amen. Fantastic. Thank you so much. And here is my blurb. Faith is a podcast open to anyone. You may not believe at all. You may be Muslim, Jewish, agnostic, or atheist. You may have had a horrible experience in the church which have made you turn your back to God. You can still have faith. We ask that you listen to this podcast, even challenge us on Facebook, SoundCloud, Instagram, uh, Twitter. I'm at Reg Space Clay. You can find Deb Kelliger at DL Carragher. 
Uh, Craig, we're still trying to get him on uh, social media, but that's uh, been difficult. But you can also reach all of us on uh, Facebook, our personal Facebook account. And also, uh, we have a You Gotta Have Faith Facebook page. So you can always um, let us know how, what you think of the podcast on there. Um, don't feel alienated because we speak of what we believe. The Bible has been around for thousands of years. And even now, in the age of the Internet and social media and great technology, it still has a message for all of us. You can listen to this podcast where you're listening to it now, but just tell your friends on the Apple Podcast app or really any app that you use to listen to podcasts or on iTunes. If you are one of those who listen to your uh, your podcasts on a desktop or a laptop, you can just open up your iTunes app, click on store, go on the search engine on the upper right hand side and search for you got to have faith and you'll find us. If you use Android, download SoundCloud or just go on SoundCloud.com. Search for us and you'll find us. Thank you for listening and God bless each and every one of you.